2: This is an 8-iron.
1: Extremely high, just right in the flag. Definitely that, in the water. There are the ripples.
2: It hit a wall of wind.
1: Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters Champion. Hideki Matsuyama is the winner at Augusta yesterday, but that followed an opportunity that Xander Shoffley had at 16, that I think he choked a little bit on. Uh, More on that coming up here in a moment. Cooley's with me today. He's got a film breakdown of Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. If you missed the Trey Lance uh, breakdown from Saturday, um, just go find it at thekevinshehanshow.com or anywhere you're getting the podcast where you can find past episodes. Just a reminder to everybody that hasn't subscribed, that it doesn't cost you anything, it really helps us if you are a subscriber to the podcast. And if you haven't rated or reviewed it, um, do that as well. That helps us out a lot. Um, I just want to say this about 16 when it really appeared as if there was a golf tournament to be had, you know, Matsuyama pretty much controlled the day and Shoffley, you know, has four birdies in a row. And at 15 Matsuyama hits it in the water and Shoffley nearly makes eagle out of the trap. Um, And it goes from a four shot lead to a two shot lead. And the pressure for the first time on what was sort of a boring day is on the leader and Xander Shoffley comes to the 16th tee box. And I know there's some wind issues there. And he's, you know, discussing with his caddy, Cooley, seven or eight iron. He pulls out the eight iron. And he said afterwards that he thought he hit it perfectly, that he had no problem with the shot he hit. And then he's got to hit his third shot from a drop area, which was just 148 yards out. That is a rough drop area uh, for um, a par three after you put it in the drink. What did you think, Cooley?
3: One hundred and forty eight yards drop area. Just a s just a soft wedge for him. Yeah. Yeah, that he hit Man, he really it. factored the wind in on that one though. <laughs> uh yeah, no, it's I mentioned to you before we started like this is the epitome of my golf game. Not gonna get mad at the shot, hit it where I wanted. Was a foot short. <laughs> a yard short. Two club lengths short. And the, the, the extra three inches gives it to you. No, sixteen was a weird hole. This is a weird deal. Like you you just play it to the right. Because but then there's that ridge. Like Matsuyama on sixteen missed the ridge, so yeah. he's out up on top of the hole on sixteen, and then nobody can even go at the hole because the greens are so fast. So they got to play that horseshoe putt all the way around, and then you're like, okay, well, no matter what happens here, I'm going to have a six seven footer coming back that I right, got to make for par. par.
1: Yes. You've got to get it but up on that and let makes... it roll down off that ridge. I understand that. But he was going right after the pin it would have appeared.
3: Oh, you're talking about Shoffley? Yeah. yeah, he was going after the pin. No, I think the mistake he makes here is realizing that it's him and Matsuyama. And Matsuyama's not a Masters champion. He's This is his first run at it. And even if you bogey it and you keep it within a couple, he's still got to play 17 and 18. Yeah, you, you make him play. You put the pressure on him. You, you, I don't think he had to go for it right there. I, that's hard to say though, because the dude had birdied four straight. He was on fire. No, going I... into sixteen, so I understand the play. It's just you hit the ridge. He's whatever they're saying about the eight iron. If it wind caught it to push it left, he's eight yards short of where he wanted to land.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was eight yards, but it, it certainly was a few.
3: It was enough short and left that he didn't have a chance. I mean, you miss that short and left, you're going to bounce in the water every time.
1: His quote is, quote, I hit a good shot. I committed to it. It turned out bad. I'll be able to sleep tonight. There might be some tossing and turning, but I'll be okay. I hit a perfect iron. I, it was 184 yards. I can hit my eight iron 180 yards out here. It. I, I turned it right to left. The wind was into left to right. It got smoked and eaten up. You could kind of see it. The ball hovered there. I was chasing, I was still two back. Hideki is a great left to right iron player. I figured if I hit it close, he was going to hit it right on top. I was in full chase mode, so I have no regrets from that aspect um I don't think he was in total chase mode at that you point he didn't need to be you're only two back with three to go, and you've got him thinking for the first time that he might be he might lose this tournament. you know and the bottom line is he didn't hit a good shot he you know. He I mean I understand what he's saying. I hit it flush in we've all been there as golfers not at that level obviously but where you feel like wow I I just hit it cleanly. I hit it well and it didn't turn out well of course. Any golfer understands that sentiment. I just thought it never looked like that was a right to left draw. That that thing was going right at you know. And by the way, he says I hit a perfect iron. It was 184 yards. I can hit my eight iron 180 out here. If he can hit it, I mean, obviously he's thinking that's going to whatever he needs to cover the 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 water and cover you know hit it onto the green to the front of the green. I don't I don't know what the number was, but the pin wasn't that far back. If the pin was a buck 84 onto the green was probably right at 180. Maybe less, maybe more than that. I don't know. I just thought he, it sounded like he was really trying to ease the pain of what yeah. was a mistake, and maybe a choke, maybe more of a choke. Because that was also. I the don't first- know
3: if it's a. Cho- I don't. I don't think it's a choke. I think it's more of an overconfidence issue going into it. Like I, with with the choke aspect being that he thinks he's chasing
1: you know for the for really after 15 cuz he nearly eagled 13 and he nearly knocked it in from the trap for eagle on 15 i mean he had tap ins in both situations and for for birdie and when hideki hit it into the water on 15 and you know he he picked up two shots on 15 that was really for him even though he had run off four straight birdies in a row that was also for him the moment where he's like oh my god i'm in this golf tournament I've got a chance. I'm two back with three to play. Because at 15, he was four back with four to play. You know, at 14, right. he was five off the pace or whatever it was at that point. So, you know, it wouldn't have been crazy for him to feel the pressure on 16. Let the leader uh, come to well. you a
3: little bit. Let the leader come to you, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was a, It was
3: not a... No, I mean, I get it. He was in chase mode going into 15. I think at 16, he's in the game.
1: I I thought so, and the funny thing is, you know, like you said, Hideki, you know, hit it on top of the ridge, which made, which brought bogey into play, and he ended up bogeying the hole. The thing about it too with um, with Shoffley is, if he hits a better shot, you know, from the drop area, you can still make four. You know, you still got to if you can stick it close, if you can put it up on that ridge and have it come down, you're going to have a chance to make four. But he hits that over the green, so that's also a bit of feeling the pressure and then it's snowballing because he should have recognized, look, Hideki's got a chance to make bogey. If I can make bogey here, I'm still two back with two to go. I'm very much in it. If you think
3: about the psychology of it, though, going into 16, again, I don't think he choked by hitting a bad shot. I've watched it 50 times now. Hideki just hit it in the water on 15. Yeah. And he's still got a two stroke lead. Like, let's say you put it on the pin with your tee shot on 16. Hideki's not going after that ball. He's still up two on you. He's still going to play it at way out to the right. He just went in the water. There is no way that guy's going in the water again. If he goes in the water again and it,
1: <laughs> it's over. That's a good point. I mean, you know, he hit it in the water on 15. He's still he's playing that way. Plus, he's still got a two shot lead. So you're going to play it conservatively anyway. Um, but when you have a two shot lead and the other guys, you know, hit it in the water right before you, you're really going to play it conservatively. He wasn't coming anywhere near that water. If Shoffley puts it on the green, Hideki's going to feel a little bit of the pressure. But you're right, he may have put it up top also in trying to steer clear of the water. I don't know. Bottom line is, it was actually net-net. It was sort of a boring Masters. I think it's really exciting that he won. I think the emphasis on somehow um, Matsuyama, you know, the win, turning this into a more global game than it already is. This is as global a game as we have in sports. I mean, soccer, golf, tennis, maybe, well, the individual sports, golf is a super global game, Um, you know, and it's super popular in Asia, period. Um, But I know that this was significant for that country. I, I have not seen the reaction, but man, the way CBS was talking about it was that like the reaction was going to be like this, you know, like this was a massive significant event for that country. Um, which is cool. I mean, I've always loved Hideki. He's one of those guys that gets hot, man, and he just starts making like five birdies in a row in tournaments. I've always loved watching him play. I'm really, even though I was rooting for Shoffley because I had him in my pool, I didn't want anybody else to win but Hideki if if Shoffley w- wasn't going to win. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but anyway, uh, for the fourth time, just sort of a boring master's. All right, Cooley's film breakdown of Justin Fields right after this word from one of our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: All right, Cooley's got a film breakdown of Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. He did Trey Lance on Saturday. If you missed that, that's available. All right, what do you think about Justin Fields?
3: Okay, we're going to get to Justin Fields really quick. But if you look at this draft, let's just say Atlanta didn't take a quarterback at four and went ahead and took Kyle Pitts. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you, you're going to end up with Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I think Mac Jones, the more I think about it at three.
1: The more you think now, about Atlanta it, Atlanta doesn't take it. You think it's, it's Mac, Mac Jones. Jones? We'll
3: do more Mac Jones this, later this week. Okay. But I, I think they don't, they take a quarterback at three. And then Atlanta takes Pitts, unless someone wants to trade a boatload to get to four which would be Washington likely to take Trey Lance. I, or who else is going to trade Denver to trade up a little bit? But they,
1: <laughs> Denver, New England. you look
3: at it, like Cincinnati's not going to take one. Miami's not going to take one. Detroit's probably not going to take one. I don't know unless they really loved one. But they just got Goff. You got to believe in Goff a little bit. You do? Probably more than taking – unless you loved one, I don't know. one of the dudes there at seven. There, Carolina Carolina's not. Denver might. Dallas won't. New York won't. Philly won't. Chargers won't. I don't.
1: New England's th- with, the one at 15.
3: Yeah, New England's definitely the one at 15. Yeah. But you could end up having Lance and Fields fall further than people think here.
1: If Atlanta takes Pitts at four, which I think definitely is, a, is in play. Um, we've already talked about the Matt Ryan situation. They may decide to take a, a quarterback because of Matt Ryan's cap numbers the next couple of years as well. But Matt Ryan's still a really good quarterback, and he's a known entity for another three years of high-level play minimum, I would think. So if they do take Pitts – you're right about Cincinnati and Miami. Neither one of them is taking a quarterback. And then you're going to see, you know, some of the receivers. You're going to see Sewell and another receiver come off in the next two picks. I think Detroit is a spot to trade up to, or Detroit's a team that could take a quarterback. I don't know why you would think that they're convinced that Goff is their guy. I know he's young, but, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe they do. I'm not,
3: I'm not saying I'm convinced he's their guy, but I'm saying with guys like, Jamar Chase on the board and Devontae Smith and some of these dudes Patrick Sertain, that maybe Goff's their guy enough over fields or Lance. And I think Lance still probably goes before 7.
1: The the one thing about Detroit remember is the um the general manager there now Brad Holmes, he was in he was part of the group with the Rams that picked Goff. I have no idea what, you know, the guy that played your position in the NFL for many years, Dan Campbell, who's now the head coach there, what what they think of uh, of Goff. By the way, do you know who the quarterbacks coach is in Detroit? I do. Mark Brunel. That's correct. Yeah. um anyway, so, if you if you want to say Detroit takes a receiver there, Carolina just traded for Darnold, I think because they figured that whoever would be left there, they didn't love enough. So that's why they dealt for Darnold. I mean, Dar- they're going to pick up Darnold's option here. You're not going to draft a guy now at eight. Um, and then Denver takes a quarterback for sure. So the the, the, the trade-up points are Atlanta, Detroit, Carolina. And then for Washington, there's no way if a quarterback or if you know falls beyond Denver, are you going to be able to deal because it's Dallas, um, it's Dallas, uh, the Giants, and the Eagles in order, and there's no way they're trading with Washington to allow them to get a quarterback if Fields or Lance dropped. So
3: well, Denver doesn't take a quarterback for sure if only Fields is left on the board.
1: Okay, well that might be an indicator of what your film breakdown is going to reveal
3: but i don't know where lance goes in this deal there are teams that are going to really love him and there are teams that are going to have concerns with lance i mean the lack of play and some some of the lack of experience as a a guy running an offense is is not going to be loved by a lot of people
1: i would i I would bet you that all five quarterbacks are gone by ten or eleven, worst case, because because of Denver sitting there and because of New England's ability to maybe trade up to ten with Dallas or eleven with the Giants, um, or twelve with Philadelphia. I don't, you know, they're they're not. And by the way, all of a sudden, if Trey Lance is there at twelve or Justin Fields is there at twelve a lot of teams then become more interested um from below. Obviously Washington would be one of those. We, we you know the Bears would certainly be one of those mm-hmm. teams. Um and uh, the Steelers could be interested in moving up if 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 you got uh, one of those guys that they really love to really drop.
3: No, I think I I think I agree. I will say this if Washington were to move up to 4 to get Lance they're in love with him.
1: Well, of course. I mean,
3: not just the idea, because I'm, I'm just proposing to you that there's a chance if Atlanta doesn't take him or trade the pick to somebody that takes him, that he goes all the way to seven to Detroit.
1: The other thing, and we were talking about it on the radio show this morning, the other thing just to consider, too, Is this idea that, you know, if Washington traded up for Lance or Fields or somebody like that, that they would just sit him behind Ryan Fitzpatrick this year? I just want to remind everybody that doesn't happen anymore. All right. The, the Patrick Mahomes thing is unique. Dwayne Haskins and Jake Locker, along with Patrick Mahomes, once Haskins went beyond game five starting, he ended up starting, what, in week six at Miami? He became just the third quarterback in the last 10 years to be a top half of the first round quarterback, not to start by week five. And I pointed this out back then. Locker, it turned out it's because he sucked. You know, Mahomes was a complete and utter outlier. They knew how good he was. It's just that Alex Smith started five and O that year, and the Chiefs were really good. I still contend well, that's the
3: other. That's the other aspect of why most of these guys start right now. Uh, that, They're not. That is true for really good teams. That is true. Like Washington is good enough with Fitzpatrick to be a playoff team.
1: So Miami was good enough with Fitzpatrick last year to be a playoff team. Guess what they did?
3: I, well, I don't need to guess what they did, but
1: <laughs> no, you don't. You remember? You can remember <laughs> I back that I have far. Recall of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I
3: th- I think Miami made a mistake.
1: You think Miami and, made a, made a mistake in Tunga-Vailoa?
3: No, no, no. I'm not going to say that right now.
1: Oh, think, sitting Fitzpatrick last Fitz- year, right? sitting
3: Fitzpatrick on on a hot
1: team. I agree. they weren't super hot they weren't to make
3: to make i thought miami had a chance with their defense to make an actual run yeah Um, i mean you can debate how far they could have went but they beat good teams soundly throughout the season now some of it was some big time defensive touchdown special teams plays but they beat some good teams down the stretch playoff teams yeah good teams so i think that I think it's a little bit of a mistake to the current players on that team and to everybody involved through that year to say, we have to figure out who this dude is right now.
1: By the way, the Jordan Love, uh, you know, somebody's out there screaming, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. I understand that. I was talking about through the the Haskins draft. I, I, I was big on that on Haskins playing because I felt like on a bad team, if Haskins didn't play early, that would be an indication that he wasn't very good. And, and we
3: didn't believe you know I don't I never once even into the playoffs believed that Washington had a chance to make any kind of a run.
1: La- last year you're talking about.
3: Last year. No, I think yeah. there's benefit to getting into the playoffs and having your guys and your organization feel like we're we're there, we're close, we we know what it takes. But I don't I never thought that they were good enough to make a run. So playing Dwayne for five games or six games, I it was the, the right move.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well, they knew. I mean, the new the new staff came in, and they they knew that.
3: They, yeah, well, then they the mistake is the that guy. you played him for more than three games.
1: The, no, the mistake is that you didn't trade him in the offseason. That's the mistake.
3: Agreed, but you, everybody thinks that you're just going to go ahead and swap a first because you traded a, or because you picked him in the first a year ago.
1: No, it wasn't the case. No, no. us let, be really let's Let's be really clear on this. Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. If injected with truth serum, would tell you that they knew when they took the job, more pro, more likely than not that Dwayne Haskins wasn't going to be the long term quarterback here. Now, it, it, were they holding out some hope? Maybe I would almost bet any amount of money that the owner was doing the thing where he said, "I, I really would love it if you gave Dwayne a chance." I really think he can play. He played, you know, he went to Bullis with my son, and he and he's and he's really good, and he's a nice kid. And they're like, look, we're not going to be very good this year. Anyway, this is a long-term culture fix. But really what they should have done is they should have said, we've evaluated everything. We've talked to everybody that's dealt with him. We can trade him now and get like a fourth rounder or, or a third rounder or something like that. Or if we play him, we'll end up getting nothing for him we if we if we want big boy talk now and we want a big boy organization this is what you do you cut your losses early not late now look i know you know what i thought i wanted to see him play last year i thought i saw something in 2019 that might be decent but they were the ones that knew they knew what his work ethic is. They knew all these, dude, these These issues with, you know, attitude and preparation. And even if he was a nice, smart kid, that's not the point. They knew that it was a long shot. They should have dealt him. Period. End of discussion. There's no chance that they cut him before the season was over. They cut him before the season was over and there's no chance that when they got to august or even let's just say before the trade deadline that they didn't know they were going to cut him they should have traded him yeah what? just
3: i'm you're right i'm just suggesting to you that if you're listening to this and you believe that they would have traded him for a second you're you're wrong
1: oh i'm not you, saying you
3: weren't, getting, yeah. you weren't getting you weren't getting you were getting the comp third or fourth yeah. Or before the season started, and that's best case. And that was somebody that really loved him. And when you're trading a guy into his second year, and it's just the second staff that's evaluated him, anybody else looking at it, it's like, yeah, there's there's some problem.
1: Yeah, but the second staff can say, look, he's not my guy. Well, the, you know, the point would be he wasn't. But the, every Rude's aspect guy to Dwayne
3: either. was it's not like they were taking a quarterback that is a running quarterback like he, he he is sort of the type of quarterback that they've had.
1: Yeah, true.
3: That's it's not like he didn't fit a scheme. He fit essentially what scheme they had. I I I mean with the trait with his physical traits.
1: Yes. I agree. So, you know, maybe may look, I'm not just saying that they they took the job and they're like oh, <laughs> there's this guy's not the guy. I'm saying they took the job and said Look, we've evaluated him. He's probably not the guy, but we're not going to be very good in 2020 anyway. We're in the midst of – by the way, if they were in the midst of just changing the culture, that would have been another reason to get rid of him. But, look, I don't want to beat this to death. The bottom line is they missed out on an opportunity to get something rather than nothing for him. Whatever that something was, it was more than nothing, and they didn't get anything for him um, last year. Um And they wasted, you know, time where they could have started Kyle Allen right from the beginning of the season if that's what they really believed in. Um, But, you know, whatever. They didn't do it. Uh, We got caught into this conversation, which means I promise you right after this word from one of our sponsors, Cooley will get to his Justin Fields film breakdown.
2: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As promised, right on time, Cooley's film breakdown of Justin Fields. Have at it.
3: So here's what I've come to conclude after watching a lot of Ohio State film over the last couple of years. Yeah. Quarterback said Ohio State, no decision is ever really the wrong decision. <laughs> they're so good. Like they're so good. They just have so much talent at right. receiver. They did with Dwayne. They did with Fields last year. They had an exceptional back. You can make a decision that you'd prefer a different decision. More times than not, it still ends up working out for them. (laughs) Right. I think when I say that, though, I think that's a really hard step forward into the NFL, because now the wrong, (laughs) a decision that isn't the preferred decision usually becomes the wrong decision. You don't get away with it anymore. And then, a month into playing, you're saying to yourself, "Why is everyone shitting on me?" (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I can ball. Like, you, you can, but you're making the wrong decisions here. So with Justin Fields, there's a lot like Dwayne. There's a high completion percentage.
1: Super high. Super high
3: completion percentage. You're throwing to open receivers a lot. And you're throwing to dudes that can make plays. So and, he was, Matt, and he was, and he is, and Matt that's Jones. what it is at Ohio State. Like, it's not hard. It is not as hard. And it's different because you're playing some – Big Ten teams that aren't SEC defenses. You're, you're playing teams that don't have quite the talent on defense as some of the SEC defenses. Where even if you're you know, Clemson, sometimes it can be the wrong decision. There's some more speed back there. So as I go through this and look at Fields, let's start with the the positives. And I thought this was really funny because I was reading some of the stuff on Fields and like Kyle Shanahan after his workout had a. a before his workout had a quote, like, I'm sure when we see him in person, he, he's going to look like he throws the ball really well, and he's going to be really fast. That's not what you want Kyle Shanahan to be saying.
1: <laughs> what do you want him to be that saying? He's
3: going to look like he can throw the ball and that he's going to look really fast in a workout. I want Kyle Shanahan to go, look, I just want to see what I've seen on film, which is, a incredibly quick decision maker, a process guy, a guy who can work the field and then I want the traits to back up the mental side of it on the field.
1: So what did it what did he mean when he said I want to look, I want to be a BLC. I have no idea
3: what he meant. I just
1: uh, oh. We, should,
3: we could probably I thought, I thought go you're... through. He's he's complimenting him
1: his athleticism. Is, yeah. All oh, right. Okay.
3: So here's what I saw, right? Okay the positives the dude can make plays let's not doubt that and he make plays that other guys can't make uh a screenplay breaks down and he can run it for 10. you can't there are no quarterbacks that can run it for 10 on a broken screen that's a busted play dude yeah and he can take off and make something out of that he can make throws like fields can make some throws it, 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 and it's funny as i go through this like i i decided there are two kinds of holy shit throws like holy shit he made that throw and then holy shit that's not a good throw hmm. <laughs> like there are two kinds of them but he can make those wow throws He and he does and he, he makes them on the move he makes them in the pocket they're the deep ball stuff w- between 30 and 50 yards i think you see some really good throws i think you see some bad ones There's some stuff to that. He can process and he can see things, and there's anticipation at times where you go, I I can see that he understands certain concepts. I can see that he sees and understands certain defenses, and he doesn't have to wait on it. But also, we'll get to the negative words, there's not a consistency to that. Talk about a guy, I think he's a pocket passer. I think he, he has the ability to stay in the pocket. I don't think that he's always looking to run. I, I think that he's he's comfortable back there and trying to read the field, which which I like. So again, there there's some stuff on that that I think is is really positive. The negatives, or just in general, continuing. He's got this. Like he's a B as far as accuracy goes. He's not incredibly accurate. It's not as bad as what I saw with Dwayne at Ohio State, where he's missing a ton of underneath throws. Fields has got more touch than that. He can throw with different arm angles. He can, you know, kind of manipulate the ball where he wants to more than I think Dwayne could. But in the negative of it, he's still got this long, delayed release. That's not a consistent release. Where sometimes he looks like he's shot putting it. Sometimes it's taking forever off of, off that fifth step or that third step to get the ball out of his hand. And then it's almost like this relative accuracy. Like he's going to throw it relatively close to the receiver more times than not. So it's in the radius where it's catchable, but it's really not catchable to run with the ball. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: he's Not a precise thrower of the football. I'm surprised that you say that, but continue. I'll save my questions for,
3: no, you can find, no, here's the thing you can do and this is the other strange thing with fields. You can find moments and, spans a time in different games where you can find him getting hot
1: yeah definitely
3: and, and, and being more accurate but you can find too many examples of throwing the back hip on a flat route and a tight end or receiver on the flat not being able to turn up throwing behind on a bubble screen and that guy not being able to move across or hitting him down on the shin area instead of hitting him up in the chest where he can take and run there's too many of those And then there's way too many, way, way too many bad misses. I could put together a string of 20-plus
1: bad misses. Are are they from the Northwestern and Indiana games?
3: They're from multiple games. Okay. There are a lot of games. There's bad misses against Florida Atlantic where you're like, whoa and and maybe in part some of it is it really looks like a bad miss because a lot of times the dude's wide open there's also deep shots where it's not even close like and what's weird for me is you watch his pro day and that roll left bomb that he's throwing that hits a dot kev he he doesn't have an overpowering arm when you watch it in game and he's loading up like, he is setting in the pocket, like, I'm going to launch this motherfucker. Here we go. Like, I'm going to let it go. And it's landing at 54 yards. It's effort. And you watch a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and uh, fair enough, but that's the strongest arm, I think, one of the strongest arms in the league. Off balance, flick of the wrist, see ya, 60 yards in the air, no problem. Phil struggles to throw the ball over 50 yards. It's labor.
1: Really? Hmm.
3: I I'm just telling you that I can find more than 20 cuts of him really struggling or under throwing or losing the ball inside on some of these things. So I, I don't think that he's like an explosive arm talent that it's just easy for him. I think it's laborsome for him to really throw the ball down the field. I see a guy that misses a lot of open receivers and it doesn't take a lot of open throws. And it's funny because I say no decision is, is the wrong decision. Like I'm watching a play where he starts the set and before he has to move right, he's got a seam route to open down the middle of the field. And he doesn't take it. And then he evades pressure rolls, right. And he's got great speed and he's got great quicks outside the pocket. And he makes a really good throw on the back shoulder of his receiver on the sideline to let him toe tap it and keep it in bounds. And you're like, the- We're going to nitpick the fact that he missed the wide open receiver in the timing of the play, but then we're also going to compliment the fact that he made an unbelievable off script play and had good accuracy to get it to that guy on the sideline. You know, there's a throw in the Penn state game where, and this is early in this game where they have a hitch on the outside and then inside of it, one of those widened seam routes and that's, Plays really replaced what everyone called smash, where you have a hitch in a corner. Now it's just a hitch and a seam route. And the, essentially, he's reading the cornerback over the hitch. Does the corner come up and hold on that hitch? And if he does, man, you, you got a big shot on that inside seam. He has a big shot on an inside seam, and he'll throw a hitch. You're like, good, six yards. We're taking a completion. I understand it. But shit. You missed the 30-yard throw. and it's, There's too many of these that I see. Hmm. There's also too much, like, I need to see the route define itself and be open. Like, he needs to see the defense define itself, and he needs to see the route define itself. And if they don't, it's it, the picture's not quite there for him. Do I think that with time – he could grow to where it, it is there. Absolutely, I, I think he is a smart player. Like that, I'm not, and I'm not going to suggest that he he doesn't understand offense. He doesn't understand coverage. I think he does. I think he's just slow with processing right now.
1: It looks. So, it looks like in the red zone, he's very decisive.
2: And, yeah,
3: I think there's there's moments in the red zone where where he can be incredibly decisive. Like I think the, the, he threw a t- seam route touchdown against Clemson in the red zone, where it's like bang, yeah. kind of sidearm throw. It's in there, yeah. and so that's where I'm. That's where I'm sitting here going. I know that when things play out the way it's supposed to, his timing's good. I think his timing is disrupted when it's not what he's seen. and that's normal. That's. Completely. That's a guy that hasn't played as much. And he played some at Georgia yeah. before he transferred, but it, it hasn't been like four years of playing football in and, in and, and a certain scheme. And so it's it's weird. Like the traits, the physical traits, as far as athleticism, is, is an A. As far as arm talent, I think arm talent's a B. Like I do think he can throw the ball. I do think he can drive a ball. But I and I think he's got some touch on some of these things. But it's not that ball isn't like zipping out of his hand he's really got to throw it and then one of the other things and this is a thing that i think could be easily fixable i think his drops and his feet are lazy he's slow to get the ball out of his hand at times when it's just like you're in gun and you want to throw a eight yard speed out to the outside to the let's say even say to like to the field it's got to be one two three ball it can't be one two three uh, and and i'm not saying that he's jerking it off back there but i'm saying it's like pick up the speed bro this has got to be out and so some of these throws look like they can get undercut are late he's late on a lot of the type of throws that that he shouldn't be late on and and maybe it's processing maybe it's feet need to pick up in the pocket maybe it's that long delayed release all combined it's it's sure all of them he's an interesting guy to watch
1: you don't you, you don't you love just, him though
3: no i i just i don't think that other than his ability to move and run i don't think that anything's elite i don't think he does anything great but he can right I mean one of, he can the thing is is he can. He can make those elite plays. He can make those elite throws. He can read concepts at, but there are, there are way way too many examples that show me that he struggles with it. I just So I think he's uh, like other than pure athleticism, it's like b b b b b.
1: I just don't get the long ball um I think he throws a really good long ball. He can. I mean, just the Clemson game alone, some of the big shots that he hit on, they're perfectly thrown.
3: No, and it's almost like I'd like to sit down and put, like, the 15 of these poorly thrown long balls together. Right. And go, explain to me what happened here. Like, and he might say, yeah, coach, you know, I tweaked my shoulder that week. Or dealt with something that no one knew about her. You know, like, why is this happening? Can you tell me? Because if there's a reason, then I understand it.
1: You know, the wind-up thing, I mean, it's not Philip Rivers. You know, it's it's not an odd-looking release. It's not, you know, um, Byron Leftwich. You know, It's not like some of these super long uh, that have been criticized or odd releases. I, I, I did go back as you were talking, and I do notice it on deeper balls. He's definitely getting his legs and his body into it to get the ball downfield. But I don't, I don't find it to look unusual, though.
3: No, I'm not saying that it looks unusual, but I'm saying that it, it, he can't just flip it out there. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, but I don't – I mean, it looks to me like he can throw the ball deep enough. Like, he's got arm strength to let it go deep and be accurate deep. I mean, I, I think in the games against – I mean, I, I've watched a lot of the Alabama and Clemson games just to get him, you know, in those in the two biggest games that he played, and he threw some really good deep balls. Really good deep balls.
3: No, I, no I'm with you. Like, the the Clemson game – down 14 7 he lets one go yeah to kind of that inside seam and hits his receiver pretty much in stride down to about the five yard line exactly no again this is where this is really interesting because i just i see some of the excellence but then like the play after that the clemson game he throws a touchdown to the tight end yeah on a whip seven route that should never be thrown. It should have been undercut and picked.
1: Yeah. I know. I found five
3: plays in that Clemson game that he got away with. That should have been picks. That game could have went a lot differently. If a couple of those Clemson DBs just make a play.
1: Yeah. So you, that's that's kind of where I'm
3: coming from is like, I like here, here's the thing without the Clemson game, I don't think he goes in the first round.
1: Wow. Hmm.
3: I also think, much like Haskins he needs some time i think he needs some time in an offense in the nfl in a system in the nfl where he's given some time to grow haskins if not, it's going to be if not it's definitely going to be one of those guys that you're going to have to scheme for quite a bit
1: the haskins situation when we go back to you and i you know talking about his college career and neither one of us wanted washington to draft him um, that that was your position. That was my position before that draft. I didn't I didn't think Haskins was that great as a college player, and I thought the best defensive teams that he faced Michigan State that year, Washington in the Rose Bowl, especially the second half. You know he he didn't handle pressure well. The ball you know the ball was high. Um, that Michigan State game was an ugly game for him, super ugly against maybe the best defensive team that he faced that year. I do not see the same issues with Fields. I think he handles pressure well.
3: Yeah, I don't see a guy that changes – like, it doesn't look like he's – he f- senses or feels pressure in the pocket the same. It doesn't seem like he senses or feels pressure of the moment the same as du- – like, I think he's better in those aspects. But, again, I, I mean, I don't want to compare him just to Dwayne and say, look, well, he's a first-rounder because Dwayne was a first-rounder. Dwayne wasn't – Dwayne should have been a
1: first-rounder. He should not have been, yes.
3: We're no. now in this era where, in, in all honesty – Six years ago, Trey Lance probably isn't a first rounder. Like Mitchell Trubisky was one of the first guys that was like a one year dude that we're going to take a shot because we just have realized in the NFL that we have to have a quarterback.
1: We just realized. <laughs>
3: but no, I mean, think about it though. Yeah. Like, do you think Aaron Rodgers today would drop as far as he did? Do you think Ben Roethlisberger would drop as far as he did in no, these drafts? No, no, no. No, there's no effing chance.
1: Yeah, but you're going way back now.
3: I'm I am, I realize that, but the
1: quarterbacks go now. I mean, look, the the truth is, and I was reading this um right before the show, it's been since nineteen ninety nine that we've had five quarterbacks taken, like in the top fifteen, I think it it was. So it's if we get five quarterbacks in the this this has a chance to be an all timer for first rounders early. We've had last year we had Burrow, Tungata, uh, Tungavailoa, Herbert, and then Jordan Love at the end of the first round, and then the year before that was the Murray, Daniel Jones, Haskins. Um, and then the, the, the year, but it was a lot of quarterbacks towards the end or Lamar Jackson was Bay, uh, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson. What was Rosen picked? <clears throat> Here it is. Tenth. So you had four in the top 10.
3: Um, Josh, Josh Rosen was one of those guys that when you watch Rosen, like you get five games in and with Rosen, you're like, he's the first pick of the draft. And then with Rosen, I remember this completely. Like you get halfway through or into the third quarter of the USC game and, you go, ooh. What is that? This is not at all what I want to see. And then you then then you kind of start watching like I started watching Rose and you're like, the dude cannot get rid of the ball underneath. Like it, it's deep shot or bust.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, no, I,
3: I again I, I I like Fields. I don't like fields in the top ten.
1: Okay. Would you like fields at nineteen?
3: I think I would. I think I'd be okay with Fields at nineteen.
1: It doesn't really sound like he'd be uh, he's okay not with getting him past. I, I would wouldn't
3: be surprised if he were to get to fifteen, though, and go to New England. I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't blow me away.
1: I want a more definitive final word on Lance versus Fields. Uh, wait, don't give it to me. You'll do it right after this word from one of our sponsors. So just how much higher would you have Lance on your board than Fields? I'd have him one quarterback higher.
3: And if you're asking where you draft him, would I take Lance at four? I don't know. If I was Washington and I loved him and I I actually thought I could get away with having Lance – Not play the first year, yeah. I think I would take him at four.
1: You're, I'm not asking you to to, to be more, um, sort of demonstrative in your opinion here, like you were with Dwayne. You were very, very outspoken that Dwayne Haskins should not be, um, a first round selection before that draft. I mean, you were, you know, one of the only people, okay. Uh, I remember when you started reviewing that, I said, I want you to watch Haskins, I want you to watch Haskins. Because I was not a fan of Haskins at Ohio State. I am much more of a fan of Fields at Ohio State. I'm, I, I, again, I'm not saying that I didn't want to see Haskins after seeing him in his rookie year a little bit and being a little bit more intrigued. I'm talking about how I felt about him at Ohio State. I like Fields much more than Haskins, but he has played some games that have left me wondering, whoa, like the, the, the Indiana game and the Northwestern game. It's like, Wow. You're capable of playing that poorly um, at that level with that much talent. Now, Northwestern was an excellent defensive team this year. They really were. Um, But And they had the running back go for 300 and whatever yards in that Big Ten title game. But you sound to me, because I know you, that you wouldn't really be in a room pushing for fields. You'd be like, too many concerns, uh uh-uh. But you're not saying that. You're saying that you would take him at 19 whereas with Dwayne you're like no. No 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 no. So
3: what wh- wh- So here so here here's what I think. I still think that Fields right now the way I see him with as much as he's played in the relative world of where you would sit on my board would probably be a second rounder. Okay.
2: Well, okay.
3: But based on necessity in you you'd say, okay, we could we could take this guy in the first round because of the position. Like I think just that position allows you to draft a guy up a full round.
1: But you think Trey Lance is a first-rounder.
3: Yeah, I think Trey Lance has all the qualities as an athlete that Fields has that you're going to need in the NFL. I think he can run. I think he can move. I think you can do stuff off script with him. I, I, I think Lance is, to me, a better thrower of the football. I think he's a more accurate guy. Although we talked about it the other day. Like, I think Lance at times can drive the ball down into the ground. Right. And the, the other thing, when you watch Lance run and Fields run, realize like Fields is outrunning Division one athletes on a high level. Lance is outrunning randos in the FCS.
2: <laughs>
1: but they're both on teams that are sorry
3: I, like I I don't want to put the FCS down but I, you just realize like when Fields shakes somebody it's different yeah like we don't I don't want to get all hyped up about Lance because like he's rolling right and breaking a tackle of an outside linebacker who, who's unblocked and then he's making a throw like that's awesome I love that he can do that but that 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 outside linebacker from wherever it is not he doesn't play for michigan you know
1: yeah i mean you just got to look at some of his runs against bama and clemson i mean you know Bama i know is not great defensively this year i understand that um but they also weren't south dakota state on defense or james madison james madison's pretty good though i know james madison i know. beat a lot of division one teams okay well let's not go nuts i think maryland blew him out <clears throat> um did maryland blow out james madison it, it recently I, I mean i'd have to find the year um 52 to 7 in 2014 maryland beat james madison i i don't but, think yeah but james madison last four, five uh,
3: years okay. has been really good it's really hard because i've, I've started doing some of the stuff on on mac jones and it's It's Alabama with Alabama receivers. Well,
1: I mean, but, you just said the same thing about Ohio State.
3: I know. But that's a, one of Mac Jones' biggest knocks is not his skill set. It's his talent around him. I know. Which so is crazy.
1: Right that and that that on some level has to make it harder to evaluate but i i mean you're you're and an much you're close to an expert on this so these quarterbacks that play with exceptional you know talent they get these guys know whether or not he can do it at a don't they have a pretty good sense of what mac jones is going to be with equal talent on a field or not
3: yeah, I think you have a good sense. I, we talked about this on Friday. I think the other thing you have is like, if Nick Saban is going to sit here and tell you, Mac Jones operated an offense that had ten times more plays than we've had in the past. You're going to take him for his word, right? Like you, like, you got that Saban trusting, and and they do more on offense than other teams.
1: Who are you doing next? jones all right you'll do mac jones i think it's i think it's i think you can do jones
3: and i think we can do wilson i I, like we can do lawrence but like lawrence is going one
1: yeah what i really i still want your opinion on lawrence um i want wilson jones hair but then i really want the guys that potentially could be there for washington in the second round trask jamie newman mond etc like, the, the, that's uh, that's what I want from, from you on those because that's really more likely than not if they're going to have a chance to draft a quarterback that we're all going to perceive as a potential future starter for the franchise, it's going to come in the first two rounds. Um, I don't know, maybe the third. But after that, you know, you're talking about developmental guy. So I do want, I, I want Trask, I want Mond, Newman, those guys, too, because those are possibilities for them in the second and third round. I've seen Mond mock to Washington twice. I've seen Trask mock to Washington in the second round. What else do you have? Yeah,
3: I I think it's I – I don't know. It's just – it's really crazy. There's definitely a level that you have to cross as a player to get into the first round now. But I don't think it's – I think it's hard to define the difference. <laughs> like there's, there's certain guys that you look at and you're like, okay, he, this is, the, this is a dude. Right. But even last year, like a lot of people didn't like Herbert. Right. Even- Herbert was exceptional in and, and even at that as good, as good as Herbert was, what did he win? Like four or five games?
1: Um, they lost, they lost a bunch of close games. I forget what the record was. I don't remember. You know was. what I'd do? What? I'd trade for seven, Matt Stafford. Seven and nine. <laughs> You'd trade for Matt Stafford. Me too. Yeah.
3: Seriously, uh, what I'd do is trade for Matt Stafford.
1: Right. Well,
3: that's... And in doing that, you know what you're getting. Yeah. The, the thing that's so weird when you watch this college football stuff right now is how open guys get receivers and all the RPO stuff and the completion percentage isn't truly going to indicate what they're going to complete at another level I I, I just think that you have to parse through a lot of easy throws while giving credit for making the throw
1: Uh, it's hard man I mean, it's why overall, for a long period of time, when you look at these quarterbacks in the first round, basically like one out of four, one out of five hit. It's a low percentage of hits. Now, last year, you know, Burrow and Herbert looked like hits. Tunga-Vailoa, big question mark at this point. Year before, Murray looks okay. Jones and Haskins, and certainly one of them's not. You know, then from 2018, Mayfield's coming around. Darnold's a you know big if. Allen's going to end up being the star. Rosen's done. Jackson ended up being, you know, thirty second, but you know that was a completely different type of quarterback. Trubisky's a backup from twenty seventeen. Watson can't, you know, can't get himself out of a rub and tug. And Mahomes, you know, was the all timer from Andy Reid.
3: We never talked about the Deshaun Watson thing. I was gone.
1: Oh well, I mean, you know, it's just weird. I you know, we'll we'll see. There's just t- too much smoke there. I mean, 22 women.
3: Well, I mean, let's just put aside anything, any accusations. The fact that he had 40 different masseuses.
1: 22 at this point, yeah.
3: Well, there's another 18 that are pro him, yeah.
1: right? I don't know if it's, it may, yeah, there are some that are coming out in his defense. So, yeah. A lot. Right, Like, True. So more than 20 has nobody I've
3: ever met has decided to use a different masseuse every single time they have a massage like f- f- six years or five years. I had somebody come to my house and it was because I thought I was getting a good massage, right? Like she was good. Yeah. So I, why would I change? Yeah. But not very many guys I knew ever used more than two.
1: No, no, different no they, Massage. People. He's a, he's a serial, you know, uh, happy, happy ending guy. Clearly. I mean, that's it, a weird thing during a pandemic you know, 22 different, I mean, more than that, as you said on the flip side, there are, you know, another 18 women who say, um, that, you know, it was, it was, a. Uh, by the way, this is awful. But I'd like to see what those other, those 18 look like.
3: Hey, uh, Deshaun, what are you going to do today? I got four massages lined up. I got four massages lined up throughout the day. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, you know, this picture that you had on Instagram, this isn't the picture that that I'm responding (laughs) to.
3: Take the massage anyways.
1: I'll take the damn massage anyway. Shit. You're here. Yeah, you're here. (laughs) It's terrible. But, I mean, come on. There's just the... Just the number of therapists
3: pro or anti
1: of, of course is
3: unbelievable.
1: Look, the the, the lawyer is, is um has said that you know any sort of uh situation there was consensual sex, so they're not denying that there there that sex was a part of some of these massages. You know, it's just really the, the whole story is really one of the more remarkable incredible stories of the last couple of months in sports. All we were talking would about. I wouldn't call it, it remarkable. It's remarkable in that we went from Oh, my God, what are they going to do? Are they going to trade him? Are they not going to trade him? It'll be the biggest, you know, haul in trade history if they do trade him. Why does he want out? Is it this Easterby guy? What the hell's going on what? here? Why does he and, want out And now, Houston? Well, and, maybe
3: it's because he's got to. Maybe he used up all those therapists. Yeah.
1: Maybe he just Can wants you, to get to another right city. Right now,
3: Houston is sitting there going, would have been like four firsts.
1: yeah well now if you're sitting there
3: if you're Houston you're like think of what we would have had and now he might not play anyways
1: I want to I'll tell you what I don't know what the league's going to do but let's just say this doesn't get resolved by the season at this point I wonder if he'll want to play for Houston he's not going to get no one's trading for him now Not until this stuff is cleared up one way or the other, and they know what they're getting. Would you call
3: Houston an offer this year's first?
1: (laughs) If I'm Washington, just this year's first?
3: we'll give you 19.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's such a good question now. Yes, I would. I'm sure
3: they wouldn't even let a trade go
1: through right now. They may not. Good point. But we're missing the big point anyway. Here, I mean, Washington's the the one team more than any other that couldn't do it. Uh, they're not going to trade for a guy that has potentially sexually assaulted women. Um, no, that that's uh, that's not going to happen. So, um, would I give up 19 overall for Deshaun Watson? Uh, You'd have to obviously know a lot more about what happened. It's not a Ruben Foster situation where you're signing him off waivers. Um, You have to trade something for him. Uh, Anyway, uh, thanks for doing the film breakdown today. I appreciate it. You'll be back on Wednesday, Cooley Will, to do Mac Jones. Uh, and maybe another quarterback or two uh, before the end of the week. And then we'll work our way towards sort of the group of players that are potentially there at 19, the linemen, the corners, the linebackers, um, et cetera, wide receivers. Um, we'll have a lot of film breakdown of players, Cooley will, between now and draft night, uh, April 29th. All right, have a great day. Back tomorrow with Tommy. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the day and evening.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.